Today was a first on the W2 Capitalist Podcast. Today's guest at the very end calls his son in to answer one of the off the wall questions and it talks about how to be a great parent. So you know how most parents stress over how they will financially provide for their growing families? Well, I have a system to show them how to achieve financial freedom through real estate investing so they will never worry about being acquired, fired, or laid off ever again. What's up, y'all? My name is Jay Helms, and I am the founder of the W2 Capitalist. Before we get into today's episode, huge shout out to Paige at ADMIL Solutions, or at least that's the username in iTunes, for leaving us this review. W2 REI is one way to go. Much praise to Jay and the W2 Cap community. Great information in every episode. Thank you, Paige. Thank you for that review on iTunes. And it helps, right? Getting the show out to more people, more reviews helps the show get out to more people. And if you haven't left a rating and a review, that's the written piece and or the stars, right? If you haven't left both of those, please do so now. It only takes about two minutes and I will forever be grateful. The more of you that rate and review the show, the more it helps get the word out to others to help them build wealth. Speaking of building wealth, have you ever taken a minute to total up just how much you pay in finance charges to banks and credit card companies on mortgages, student loans, cars, vacations, etc.? If you do, you'll see that in your lifetime, this number can easily add up to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. That's hundreds of thousands or possibly even millions of dollars that could be put to work for you right now and you pass those earnings on to your kids when the time comes. Mark Willis is the guy that finally made the light bulb turn on for me. A lot of them push this concept, turn them off. But Mark is the guy who turned turned the light bulb on for me for this wealth building strategy. And that's why I partnered with Mark, not only as a sponsor of the podcast, but also as my agent to bank on yourself. At the end of this episode, I'll give you the link to connect with Mark for a free 50 minute consultation to discover if the bank on yourself, create your own source of financing strategy is right for you. For now, let's get into today's episode with Mr. Rich Groves. You are a W-2 capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. Rich Groves has been in the corporate training field since 1999. He absolutely loves helping people develop the skills to maximize their professional services. And Rich trains individuals on technical skills as well as the much needed soft skills so that they can reach their goals and realize their full potential. In 2005, his corporate career saw a major curveball. As a result of a merger, his job transitioned to a new metro area. But instead of uprooting his family, he and his wife stayed planted in the greater St. Louis area with their extended family. As a result, Rich found himself without a job, turned to real estate investing, and completing his first rehab and flip in late 2005, Rich felt the rush of what real estate investing could do for people, families, communities, and in 2012, Rich and his wife started looking into formal real estate investing education and started their own real estate investing company, Metro STL Homes. 
in early 2013. Rich has performed over 50 real estate transactions from assignments to rehabs to building a rental portfolio and currently owns seven rental properties and has a goal for 2021 to double that to bring it to 15 units total. Let's welcome Mr. Rich into the show. Rich, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Jay. So Rich and I were just chatting about what we're drinking tonight. Rich is sitting in his home bar. I've got a warm cup of tea, which I'll tell you, Rich, this is something I, I've started new because I've gone back and listened to you talking about your podcast here in a minute, or we'll talk about your podcast here in a minute. One of the things I've noticed when I go back and listen to mine, sometimes my voice just sounds horrible. And I was like, now what, how do, how do like guys, guys like Dave Matthews on stage for hours just screaming and screaming? Number one, their voice is trained, right? And then number two, I, I watched him some videos of him. He's drinking this stuff on stage. I was like, I bet there's a secret sauce in that. And uh, apparently it's it's this warm tea that I'm drinking. So cheers to to Dave Matthews and, and all that he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for that tip. Thanks for the tip, Dave. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he probably has something other than just tea in his tea. Uh, but anyway, we're not here to talk about tea. We're here to talk about real estate investing. In your story, uh, reason I wanted to have a chat with you is your story just resonated with me about how you were in the corporate world and you basically, you had a transition coming that you saw coming and you're like, you know what? Not going to make a transition. I'm going to dive into real estate, right? And um, similar to my story, uh, however, you know, I was side hustling real estate. I got laid off for COVID and I was like, you know what? Full-time real estate, I'm not going back to the W2 world. So I want to talk about uh, you, when you started out, I kind of start here, when you said, hey, I've spent years, uh, actually decades in the W-2 world, right. and I'm no longer going to do this. Right. And you said, real estate investing is going to be my thing, right? You, you didn't have any real estate investing up until that point. You just, you kind of got pushed in a hard decision and you said, I'm going to give it a try. Yeah. Is that is that correct? Can you dive yeah, yeah, into yeah. that and kind of give me a little bit more detail on that? Because that is yeah. just hearing that makes me nervous. Like if <laughs> if we wouldn't have been side hustling and and I would have, you know, got the layoff, you know, we have we now have three kids mm -hmm. and I would have been laid off. I would have been like every other person in that company or 50 million Americans who would have said, Holy crap, what am I gonna do? You know, right. I we can't live off unemployment. This right. is just not feasible. How did you do that? Because you've got kids as well, right? Yeah, yeah. That are, well, you yeah, still I mean, have them, right? I, mean, I do. I mean, yeah, I do. <laughs> At the time they were a lot younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's so, a yeah. it's a bold move, right? <laughs> to say, so let's let's dive into yeah. that a little bit. Tell us what yeah, you were sure. doing for work and then um, what made you decide, okay, real estate, even though I haven't done a transaction yet, how, how I'm going to go after this. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, uh, it, it's actually, I was working, you know, actually for a tele, big telecommunications company. Um, they went through a merger and my position was, uh, basically sent to Atlanta, Georgia, and I had the option to move to Atlanta, keep my job or be severed. So uh, my family's rooted in the St. Louis area and did not want to uproot my family. So yeah. we decided to take the severance and anyway, I did get a little bit of a severance package. So that helped, you know, that, that helped give some options. Do I have to go right into, you know, finding another job or can I find another outlet? So at the time, my uh, my father was uh, was ill, and I wanted to take some time to be able to spend time with him as well. 
uh, during that time. And uh, after the fact, uh, and, and he and I actually was wild because he and I were always talking like, hey, you know, when you see those late night commercials, Carlton Sheets and, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'd love to do that. And he, he talks about doing you know, real estate investing with no money down. And my dad was always like, if you figure that out, you let me know. We're going to do it together. But my dad passed uh, before I got my first deal. But I, but I, you know, in my mind, I was always like, I'm going to figure it out, if nothing else, for that conversation. But um, so, yeah, so I, I, do, I basically had a cousin who was a contractor. And he and I told him I was interested in getting into it. And he's like, well, I know a guy that that uh, sells houses cheap and to other investors and you can fix it up, flip it and, and make some money. I was like, all right. So he got me, put me in contact with him. But the, the, the thought process was, <clears throat> OK, I've got a little bit of a of a cushion to fall back on in this severance package. Right. So I can take a chance. I can take a risk. I know there's a lot of people out there that don't have that cushion. They don't have that extra there. But um, with that, you know, I was, I was blessed that way looking back on it. But, and it was, you know, it was in the middle of, it was in the middle of pre-crash world where it's like, Hey, are you breathing? Cool. Here's some money to buy a house, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so that helped too, you know, I mean, not, not that I had bad credit or anything like that. It was just, you know, they were given full, you know, hundred percent financing and, and everything. So that helped, but it was just, yeah, I mean, my wife was a little averse to the risk. Uh, I wasn't, I was, you know, we were watching, HDTV shows or whatever. It's like, if these people are freaking flipping houses and making money, I can do it. I'm one of those guys, if you do it, if you're successful at it and you can do it, I can figure it out. Because if somebody else is successful at it, as long as it's not a scam, you know, but uh, I can figure it out and be successful too, whether it's, and at the time I had no formal training. I did buy, <clears throat> I did buy the Carlton Sheets course, but I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't dive deep. I'd read, like skimmed over a few of the chapters and like, yep, I can do it. So that, that we did. <laughs> That's, there's a lot to unpack there. And I was Sorry. typing notes is no, it's awesome. That's a great starting point for this conversation. One of the things that I, you have, what age were your kids at this point in time? Yeah. So this is 2005. I had a three-year-old and a 10-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Three-year-old and the 10-year-old. Okay. All right. So, so 10-year-old, three-year-old, you've got a little money set aside. You have some severance package um, that came with, with your job transition and you had to go to your wife. I highly recommend this to everybody. You have to go to your wife if you're, or your spouse uh, and say, look, I want to try this. Right. And, and she says she was averse to the risk, but apparently she was not averse to, to you trying it. How, how much selling did you have to do to convince her or how, how much education did she have to do to get okay with it before you guys close that? Like, if you can remember back, uh, right. cause usually the, and my wife is with an earshot of this, she may speak in, uh, but usually the, the wife is, she's in control. I mean, it's, right. it's, you know, but, but you guys, as a couple, you made this decision to, right. to invest in real estate with two young kids. Uh, how did y'all, how did y'all get past that? What were, what were some of the conversations like? <clears throat> yeah, it was, I mean, it was just, <laughs> It comes down to the, do you believe in me? Were, were there any broken plates over this? No, no, no broken, broken <laughs> plates. No, no broken plates. I mean, it was, it was a, holy cow, the market is hot. I had just actually, yeah. I had just taken, I, I said that no formal education. I, I mean, I mean like no uh, creative financing formal education like you see now. Um, I had actually just completed. It's everywhere now. Yeah, it is. I had actually completed two semesters at a very prestigious university here in the St. Louis area of real estate investing classes. Like seriously, I mean, but it was, it was like, man, a lot of that was even over my head with like crunching numbers on, you know, future value of a dollar and things like that, that I got, <laughs> I understood. But so basically what it came down to was I, I called and she was in the car with me. I called my professor and told him where the, where the, where the property was described it to him, told a little about it. And I was like, what do you think? Think I should do it? He said, 
do it, but then get right out. <laughs> He's like, get out. <laughs> this was, you know, the, the, by the time we closed, it was early 2006. So it was still, we still had a couple of years of really good time there, but I took his advice and got out. But it was, it was a lot of that. I was like, look, here, let me talk, let me call my professor, get his opinion on it. But she wasn't like, no, it was just a lot of, look, believe in me. You know, I'm not doing, I'm not going to do anything to hurt the family. I, I believe I, I know I can do this. I know I can do it right. We're getting it so cheap. And you see how hot the market is. Everything's selling for way over asking price. Um, let's do this. So, so she, you know, it took a little convincing, but at that time, that time wasn't hard. The second, the second dip into real estate investing was harder, but. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're going to dip I'm going to make a note of that. We're going to come back to that here in a second. Yeah. Um, your, your professor, which I think is incredible. You have somebody in your corner that you can, a mentor, so to speak, you can lean on and whatnot. Uh, how much, and it, it almost, it's funny to hear you say, um, do it, but get out real quick. You know, yeah. for, for me, that's like, all right, I'm not going to do it, <laughs> you know? And I was just sitting here thinking of your wife. She, she's being more risk averse. I don't know if she heard the conversation with, with you and the professor and your professor or, or whatnot, yeah. but was it his convincing words that kind of helped push that over? Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah. I mean, okay. it was him, him being, yeah, him being that, Hey, yeah, it, it is a good time. It's just don't, you know, he, he, and I think his, his thought also was the area. It wasn't like the hot market, hot market. It yeah. was a cooler, it was a cooler, one of the areas, but it was still, uh, it was still good enough to get in, but didn't get out and don't, don't stay in that area specifically, but gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. So I'm just going to put this out there. If any of you guys are having trouble getting your wife on board, uh, email me, Jay. I'm, I'm going to set up an email, professor at w2capitalist.com. You can email me. We'll schedule a call and I can help you. That was awesome. <laughs> I, I am partially joking there. It, it, it is a team sport. You need to have your spouse, your significant other on board. Uh, I don't want to play a role uh, to convince you guys to do anything, but um, it is very important to have that and have that mentor in your corner that says, yeah. look, yeah, it, it's a great, it's a good deal. It's a great deal. Whatever the case is go after it, but give you that little, you know, push, but you better get yeah. out. You better get out in a hurry. Is there anything in today's market that reminds you of 2006, 2007? Cause I, I was not investing back in then. As a matter of fact, I was buying, I bought in 2006. Okay. Uh, huge uh, bump in my investing career. You know, it pushed me out. Uh, our next transaction was in 2014. So, but anything that you're seeing today that remind you of 2006, 2007. Yeah, it's getting there, right? I mean, it's way over asking price. You're, you're seeing people, you know, offering way over asking price again, getting way, way, it's just blowing my mind sometimes. But it's, you know, I think if people are cautious and they do things the right way, if you do things right, I think you're going to be fine for a while. But who knows? You never know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, are you buying right now? Or are you, are you actively I, looking? I am actually, I actually am um, trying to build my rental portfolio. I had just put an offering on another rental that I should have under wraps here in less than 30 days, you know, but nice. Uh, yeah. And, and I'm going to, going to keep picking, you know, I'm, I'm being very picky. I've got my own marketing out there for, for deals that I, I try to do. I do, I do assignments and things as well. So okay. I, I'm going to cherry pick the really, really good ones to keep for myself this year. Hopefully uh, as, as any good wholesaler will do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So you said, you said it wasn't the first deal that was the hardest. It was the second deal hardest to convince your wife of. Yeah. Walk me down that because the, yeah. how did the first deal come out? Right. And I, and I can make some assumptions, but I want to hear from you on why well, your wife was hesitant to do it again. But what, what happened after that first deal? Was it a good yeah. deal? Did it turn out well for you? 
first deal turned out fantastic. I mean, it really did. We like, I believe we bought the house for 55, probably put in, you know, 25 into it, maybe even a little less than that. I got to check the numbers and we sold it for like 101, which was actually after over asking, we like listed it for like 99 and it was a little little bitty bidding war and sold it for like 101. And uh, so, I mean, we made money on it. We did well, you know, it's not like a $50,000, you know, cash, (laughs) but I mean, it was, it was for a first deal, not knowing we were really what we were doing and doing most of it ourselves. I mean, we had to do some, some stuff out, but uh, contract some stuff out, but it was, I mean, it just took forever. But at that point I didn't have a job, you know, I took, we, and bills were racking up, you know, uh, so I had to take a lot of that money, pay off bills went and got a job, you know, and it was, and got back into the, into the world and of, you know, the W2 and uh, it was tight for a while, you know, it was, it was tight. And so wanting to get back into it, I was starting to watch more like the Annie shows or whatever, flip this house and things like that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. God, I get back into that. It's so great. And my wife's like, so then I heard a, you know, infomercial on the radio. Hey, you know, if I could say, you know, Dan Merrill's going to be in town, you know, at this, or whatever his, his team is going to be in town at the hotel for a free two hour deal. I'm like, I'm going. So I go and it's like, okay, it's going to be $200 to do a weekend you know, thing. And I called my wife and said, I want to do this. You want it? You want to get back? And she's like, that's a lot of money, $200. That's crazy. That's, you know, we're, we're paycheck to paycheck, whatever, you know? So it was like, come on, I'm so confident and, and we can do this. We did it before. And now we're going to learn to do it easier way without our own money and all this stuff. Let's do it. And she's like, and, and, and you can go too. you know, $200. I can bring somebody with me. So she, was, <laughs> she went ahead and on board. It took a little talk on that night. I mean, I almost walked away and didn't do it. But we did, we went to the weekend seminar, we got fired up, got our business started and, and went from there. But it was that, that second time that, I mean, $200, mm-hmm. $200 almost came between me and starting to, to invest in real estate again. But you look back on that now, granted you're in the position you're in, you had a 10 year old, you had a three year old, uh, or maybe they're 11 and four at this point in time, but you guys are living paycheck to paycheck, debt's probably stacking up, right? And you're like, man, do I spend $200 to try this out? And I've heard those commercials before and stuff like that, and it's helped you. Uh, so I'm not going to bash them, but right. in other certain situations, I would I would bash them because then you go to the $200 event and they're like, well, now that you're here, it's it's actually $1,500. Right. And then you get to the $1,500 event and they're like, well, now that you're here, it's actually 25 grand. Right. And, um, you know, I don't know the, the person you mentioned. Yeah. I don't I don't know his platform or whatever, but... Yeah. It's fun. Is it funny for you to look back now and say 200 bucks? It almost kept me from building what I've done today, which you, I want to make sure I understand the story correctly. You had a job. They were transitioning to Atlanta and said, Hey, you can move with us. You got to move your family. You said, no, thank you. I'm going to take the severance package, dove into real estate full time. At some point in time, went back to the W2 world. And you've been doing this on the side and you're still in the W2 world today, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Still in the W2 okay. world today and, and doing real estate investing on the side. It's, it's like having two full-time jobs. You know, anybody is. probably knows that. <laughs> it is. It is. You're, you were living the W2 capitalist life right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. What, one thing I want to ask, so how do you structure your, your day as far as, you know, I'm assuming it's an eight to five, yeah. right? Yeah. So how do you, how do you structure your day? How do you do both? It's hard, you know. I mean, um, I mean, oh come on, it's easy, Rich. Everybody yeah, knows it it's easy. It it's super easy, man. I mean, you send me a hundred dollars and I'll tell you exactly how easy it is. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I am kidding. I you know, I um no, it's it is tough. I mean, I'd be lying if I told you I was the world's most dedicated and um 
Um, but if I was the the most disciplined time management person, mm. I'd be lying. I'm not. I mean, I try to be and I try to put on my plan, but doing this and trying to do both, uh, it's like I can't answer you know real estate questions at certain times. I can't you know jump on my my business you know my business email and and answer questions and jump at certain times. But then there are lapses where I can't, you know, so I try to jump on those opportunities as they come during the day, maybe take a break here to make a quick uh, call to a seller on my lunch hour, you know, maybe analyze the deal, you know, whatever. So, but then once that five o'clock or four o'clock, whatever bell hits from then till I go to bed, I'm doing nothing but real estate. Usually every once in a while, we'll watch a TV show or something. Not going to lie. Yeah. But uh, cause you got to spend time with family. You got to spend time with, with your wife. You know, you still have to cultivate your relationships and nurture them. Um, yeah. But yeah. You do. I was, I was curious if you were like, so when I was doing this, the only time I could make it work is I had to train myself to get up at like four or four 30 in the morning because by the time at the end of my W2 days, I was so mentally drained. I didn't want to do anything other than what I should have been doing anyway was laying in the floor, playing, you know, doing family stuff, playing with my kids, letting them play rough with me. Right. Right. And, um, but I, I never could make it work at the end of the night. Cause then if I stayed up yeah. or if I took a nap before I was supposed to go to bed, then I was so jacked up and I was so, you know, just ready to go with this real estate. It would be two or three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, all right, I got to go to bed. And then I don't have to go take something to help me sleep because my mind is just so wired at that point in time because of all the stuff that I'm looking at and I'm learning. And then, so I found the miracle morning and, and, but those days are kind of over for me. Cause I, you know, I need to get back into it just a little bit. I yeah. I've gotten lazy. I'm, I'm sleeping in. Um, and it's kind of shifted for me, but I need to get back into it just because yeah. it, it gets so much more done when the rest of the house is not awake. It's yeah. Just, and that, it's that, amazing. That's a great point. So I, yeah, I was getting up at five to get from that five to when I had to leave, you know, it was at least two hours there that I could get some stuff done, yeah. uh, analyze deals or whatever at that time. So I definitely, definitely took advantage of that. Stayed and tried, I probably stayed up. That's when your kids were still in the house, right? That, yeah. That's when yeah. Your kids were still there. And now that, yeah. now that they're, uh, they're all going to college. Well, I've got one, I've got one that's 25. He still lives at home, but he's got a, he's, he actually works for a flooring company that works for most of the investors um, <laughs> in, in the awesome. area. But yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Sweet deal. If I need flooring, I got, I got a guy, but <laughs> <laughs> if you're in St. Louis and right. you need flooring, reach out to rich, <laughs> That's you right. can find him at professor <laughs> <Yeah>. rich. At... <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, but it's, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm super proud of him. He's, he's killing it. But then, um, I've got my, uh, you know, my, um, younger son just turned 18. He's a senior in high school. And he'll be going off to college in the fall. So come the fall, not making excuses or anything, but let's be real. Come fall, I'm going to have a huge, I mean, not that I have to, <clears throat> let me, let me make sure. You're going to get a huge pay increase. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to, I don't babysit my 18 year old. Right. But he's all, he's up there. He's in the house. He's, he's still part of my responsibility in the house. You yeah. know, that kind of thing that's on your mind all the time. But come well, September, August, he'll be out of the house, and it'll be like, okay, now what am I going to worry about? Nothing. I'm yeah. full time focusing from four o'clock to whatever on real estate. Well, and at this point in time, you probably want to spend more time with him than he wants to with you, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. that's something that has is really pushing on me right now because I, I I've had a lot of people tell me here in the recent past they're like, it looks like you're working more now than when you just did a W two and did or excuse me, it looks like you're working more now that you just have the W2 capitalist versus when you have the W2 capitalist and a job. And I'm like, Oh, absolutely. I am. But 
it's because I've gotten so clear in what I want to accomplish and how I want to get there or figuring out how I want to get there. It's like, it's, I had this huge BHAG and I've drifted away from spending as much time with my family as I should. And I've got some folks holding me accountable to that because I, I've realized that, you know, like today I'm in the office, my son's been here three or four times. Daddy, I want you to come play with me. Like, God, man, how do I, how do I turn it down? Um, but I have to at times. Right. Yeah. And we have to do that. And I'm going to be in your shoes. Yeah. I'm going to be real, real soon before I can um, blink and it will be there. Definitely. Man. Um, question. Will I have a podcast by then? I don't know. I don't know. It probably will be. Yeah. The podcast by that time podcast will be looked at like an AM radio, um, yeah. which no offense to you people who still listen to AM radio is still out there. It's still out there. Right. Uh, is, along with dead, faxing man. somehow faxing, I think faxing is like the cockroach of technology. It, it's never going to go away. It's no. just never going to go away. No. Um, it's incredible. That, that is that is hilarious that you're right. Um, yeah. I, I, when somebody asked me, can you fax that over to me? I'm like, do you have email? Can I, can I just yeah, scan it in and email it to you? Please? I can't. Yeah. I can't do that. I can't fax from my phone. I don't right. think. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure there's an app out there, but I seriously, I don't want to spend 50 bucks for an app. I'm going to use once or twice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So I want to back up, take a step back in part of your bio. It talks about, it took you eight months to get over your analysis paralysis, which to me, man, you're, you're at warp speed. I, I was more like four years before we completed our first deal and we were doing the exact same thing. We were watching HGTV. Now I had been burnt right. Uh, in 2006. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I don't, I don't walk when I get burned like that, I don't walk up to the stove with the same sort of, uh, um, enthusiasm as right. I did before. And so we were, we were taking our tea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no oven mitts. Yeah. You only touch a hot, hot eye one time. Right. Right. Um, but eight months before you get out, uh, before you got over that, how much was your professor, uh, involved in getting over, getting you over that analysis paralysis, or what was it that made you allowed you to break through that? So, you know what, we're just going to go to the closing table. We're going to get it done. Because if, if you're like me, when that very first deal, you analyze and you analyze and you analyze, and then you analyze some more, and either you do one or two things, you, you say, all right, we're going to, we're going to go do this. And then you never go do it. Or you get so frustrated, like F it, we're going to do it. We're going to do it tomorrow. Let's, let's just get this thing over with. And then you call your realtor and like, yeah, it really doesn't work like that. We've got to set up a closing. I was like, I don't think you understand. We need to go. We need to go now before <laughs> I change my mind. You know what I mean? But how, what did you do in that eight months that allowed you just to say, all right, see ya, see ya analysis paralysis. We're, we're actually going to turn this into a business. Hey guys, I want to take a break from the interview with Rich right now and let you know about a new affiliate slash sponsor for the podcast. And that is PropStream, which Rich and I are going to talk about here in a minute. But this is a uh, piece of software that I've been introduced to and absolutely fallen in love with by the amount of data that it provides and how, how you can set up campaigns and everything to find those motivated sellers and really just figure out where you want to go in your market. And this piece of software is extremely smooth. It just the way I am, you know, my background is computer science. So Anytime I've developed an app, the user experience and the GUI, uh, that's the GUI, the graphical user interface and what you guys see on your screen, it was huge for me. And when I look at PropStream, I'm like, I, this is so easy to figure out because of 
they put so much time and development into it. And it's just been one of those things where it is an amazing, amazing tool. I actually spend hours in this tool uh, every week. And if it wasn't because of how smooth and how, how you can apply all the different filters or stack filters in it, I would have to spend days to be able to, in weeks, to be able to find this information. It literally puts it at your fingertips. And it is one of the biggest tools that I'm going to use to pull vault uh, my real estate investing in 2021 as I'm looking for motiva motivated sellers. So check them out right now, w2capitalist.com forward slash prop streams, P-R-O-P-S-T-R-E-A-M, prop stream. Let's get back to it with Mr. Rich Groves. Also stick around to the end. His son makes a cameo appearance and answers one of the off the wall questions. I, it was, I was forced. I'll be honest. It was, this, is, this is actually an interesting story too, I think, but maybe it's not. Um, so I was, I mean, was, I was stuck in that trap. Well, maybe just one more video. Well, maybe just one more little book. Maybe just one more article. That'll give me the you know, information that I've already read 57 times and that'll be the magic bullet. Um, but no, my, at that time, um, my uncle, who's actually really, was really close in age to me, um, you know, he was, I was trying to tell him, I was trying to get him on board, like kind of as a locator, like, you know, you tell me mm. when you see, cause he was in, he lived in an area with, with my, um, he'd moved back from out of town and he, he was living with my grandma, which was, lives in an area that I was really interested in. And I was like, you know, you tell me if you see properties that look like they're, you know, could be sold cheap. Well, one of their neighbors, two doors down, threw up an auction sign, you know, oh, hey, the house a couple doors down is going up for auction. In my mind, I thought, well, I'll go and I'll network with some buyers. I'll go to an auction because I mean, what a, you know, what a better place to, to find real estate investor buyers than at an auction. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go. I'm just going to network. I'm going to hand out some cards. So I'm there and we're talking a little bit. All of a sudden, my uncle, who didn't probably have at the time two cents to rub to his name, starts bidding. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. I walk over. I said, what are you, what are you doing? You don't have any money. He goes, I'm, I'm bidding for you. I was like, whoa, what? Whoa, wait, wait, what? So we ended up buying. Is that even legal? I, <laughs> I, mean, well, I, I was like, no, this isn't mine. No, I didn't say that. But I mean, I was like, well, let's see how far this goes. So I'm not going over a certain amount. I'll tell you that. And um, so we get to, I think the final bid, which this is dirt. People are like, you're making this up. This isn't real. I'm telling you, look it up. Um, it, it was a, it was one lot with two houses. Could have been two income properties. We bought it for under $2,500. <laughs> yeah. So, but I was freaking out. I'm like, I don't, I mean, at that time still, I'm like, I don't have an extra 2,500 bucks to, to buy a house and then get to rehab it and get it, make it rental ready. So I was like, well, and I, I literally had just gotten my first business credit card. So I put the 10% down on the credit card and said, well, I got 30 days to sell it and 30 days to sign it. So we, we marketed the living dirt out of it and we got somebody on Craigslist who bought it and made about seven grand on it. Just a real quick wholesale fee. First one, but I was forced. I mean, literally I, I probably would, well, I wouldn't say probably, but I could still very well be in analysis paralysis right now. After, <laughs> so, after that so. happened, I was like, that's it, man. This, it works. I knew it worked. I know, you know, I knew the formula 50 times and it works, but being pushed and getting that little push yeah. to get it done. That, that's what made it happen. Yeah. So if, if, uh, if you're struggling with analysis paralysis, I do have something to help you with that. Uh, you can find out about it. W2capitals.com. But if you want to go Rich's way, you find an uncle to come. <laughs> you probably need to invite your uncle over. It sounded like this auction was actually in the front yard of the property, which I don't know if they still do those or not, especially during COVID. Uh, but you need to invite your uncle over so you guys can log into the auction block and then just let him go to work. <laughs> right. That's right. 
I, had no, I mean, I literally was like, what are you doing? You don't even, you don't even what are you doing? He's like, I'm bidding for you. I was like, whoa. Like he that's thought funny. I was like, just not doing it or something. I don't know. That's funny. That's, that's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, now, did you cut him into the deal? I hope I, you did. I, I gave him a locator fee. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I gave him a locator fee. I did. That's awesome. Did you find any investors in that? Uh... No, no, they were all, no, no, they, no, they weren't. I mean, not that's, really. That's a pretty wild story, man. That's, that's yeah. good stuff. Um, <laughs> speaking of networking, there was something you posted on uh, Instagram a while back. Um, it was, do you know enough real estate investors? Yeah, I got to pull it up. So I'm going to just seriously building your list of investor contacts should be viewed like learning. You stop when you die. And I think that is just extremely powerful. Uh, and I can sit here and say, no, I, I know, I know a few, uh, I know more than a few. A matter of fact, the only people that I really hang around right now are real estate investors. So um, but when I saw this, I was like, you know what? I, I don't know enough. I don't know enough. Um, so thank you for putting oh, that sure. out there. Uh, how are you networking right now in the midst of all the COVID craziness stuff? Are you guys still doing meetups, like in-person meetups or, or whatnot? What's going on in, in your area for the networking yeah. thing? And what are you doing creatively to, to help continue that. Yeah. So I, I mean, I do not to plug, I mean, not to plug, um, I do run a free plug uh, it, man. <laughs> yeah, I do run a free meetup. I mean, I do, uh, it, it, here in St. Well, before COVID it was just St. Louis. We called it the Hooties house buyers club. We would meet at a Hooters in downtown St. Louis over lunchtime. <laughs> for over the wings. Yeah, for the for wings. The wings. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it was, it's completely selfish because it was actually pretty close to my W2. So it was like, well, yeah. I can break away for lunch meet up with people that wanted to talk real estate and then break, you know, get back. Um, and then COVID hit. And so I started doing it virtually, obviously, and then opening it up to anybody across the country, not just St. Louis people. Um, yeah. And a good friend of mine, Chris Monroe, who's also a real estate investor, very, very successful. He's doing great. He's only been in real estate investing less than two years. And he's just, he is destroying it. He's killing it. And um, he and I now do a simulcast uh, meetup, if you will, uh, with his social media networks, my Zoom calls, uh, we do that, you know, we had been, we're going to re reformat it uh, next year, but um, every other Tuesday night. So in the evening, so I had once a month during the day and then every other Tuesday on, on, in the evenings for anybody in the country. So we've been doing that. And then we started thinking, you know, toward right before they shut down again in, here in the St. Louis area. <laughs> and uh, we, we were doing, we'd done two, we got two monthly, oh, oh, yeah, monthly, or about actually about three weeks apart. No, three, I'm sorry. And within two months, we did three meetups face-to-face, -face, in person, wear your mask, but come out. Uh, and then, then St. Louis County shut down. So we couldn't do those anymore uh, in person, but, um, and we don't, we don't have like a format like with our, with our meetups. It's just really come and network, you know, it, it just yeah. come yeah. and network and talk real estate learn, you know, somebody might be talking about a deal they did and you can ask them, well, how did you get it done or whatever, you know, whatever, and just learn from their experiences. Or if you have a, a property, you want to try to throw out there, Hey, I got a deal. Anybody out here interested, you know, you talk that, whatever, whatever you want to talk about, if it's real estate related or real estate services, if you're a contractor and you got windows, you can put in, you know, come on and talk about it, you know, whatever, yeah. but yeah. just want to add value to the community. And that's, that's what we're trying to do with that. Very, very cool. One of the things that I, uh, that we're doing right now in the masterminds, we're going through a book, it's called uh, Nell It, Then Scale It. And it really focuses, not real estate related, it's about business, business related and knowing your customers uh, better than better. This, I don't think this line is actually in the, 
in the uh, actual book, but it's basically, you know, your customers better than you know yourself. Right. So I posed the question to the mastermind members, like for you wholesaler guys, who's your customer? Is it the, is it the cash buyer or not cash buyer? Is it your in buyer or is it the person you're buying the home from? And there was wide range of, well, this is, you know, this, and I, I've never wholesaled a property. And so just throw that disclaimer out there. But if I'm sitting back and looking to it, my customer is not, I want to ask you, I want to yeah. ask you your answer and then I'll tell you yeah. mine. So yeah. who is, who is your customer when it comes to when you're wholesaling properties? I mean, it, it is ultimately it's both, but um, my number one concern is the seller. You know, I, I want to, you know, I'm into this. And, you know, I'm in this business of, of solving problems, mm -hmm. right? They're the ones who come to you with some kind of problem, whether it's little or big, whether it's, you know, whatever, financial or, or, or just age, you know, parents died or I just, I'm going to lose my house to taxes, whatever. They're the ones with a problem. They've reached out to you. Um, they're, they're your, you know... I mean, I know they're your supplier, if you want to call, if you want to talk about it. In exactly. Terms. Yeah. They're your supplier and your, your customer is the end buyer. But I, I, I want, and I've always said that in a transaction, I want a win, win, win situation. I don't want to win. win. So I don't want either me and my, my seller are win, win, or me and my end buyer are win, win. I want it to be win, 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 where we're all, and I specifically and mindfully use the word satisfied, not happy. Um, because I, I always say, you know, if any of us are happy, we either paid too much or we didn't pay enough. Um, <laughs> but if we're all satisfied, we paid the right amount. So, um, see, I mean, I would, I would say my focus honestly is do what it takes to make the seller satisfied because if the seller isn't satisfied, they pull your supply and then you mm -hmm. can't sell to your end buyer anyway. But, um, but at the same time, so I've had like a recent situation, um, you know, my seller was uh, out of state and the closing got pushed back because our end buyer was using uh, funds from another closing to, to, to buy this property. <laughs> and his, the bank he was closing with, uh, pushed their closing back a day. So we had to push our closing back a day. And the seller was actually going back home early that next day. So they couldn't stick around waiting for the funds to disperse. So they had to wire them. So, I mean, it's not much, but he's sitting there like, man, and I go, you know what? I'll cover the wiring fee. Don't worry about the wiring fee or whatever. I'll take it out of my assignment fee. I'll cover that. Don't worry about that. And at the same time, the, you know, the sellers had a couple things that they were, eh, if about, uh, I mean, I've, I've thrown, I've thrown in on deals where one guy, I, I remember my very, my second wholesale deal, um, my second assignment where the buyer was like, ah, I really, it was 500 bucks. I gave him a $500 credit to, to get the freaking uh, dumpster. You know, I mean, <laughs> I've, I've made some concessions to after the fact, after we signed the dotted line and they come back and they're whatever it takes to save the deal. And we're still all making money. Who cares? But yeah, that's a that was a really long answer for. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm glad you went there. Uh, creating satisfying win-win-win deals. Um, I think that's what I'm gonna call the, the name of this episode. Actually, oh, okay. uh, that uh, th that's extremely important. And and I need to be reminded of that too because I'll walk in like, oh, I. I, I want to be happy, <laughs> you know, I, I want to be happy, but at the end of the day, in those scenarios, and I'm, I'm getting into that a little bit, uh, in 2021, which we're recording this couple, couple weeks before Christmas. Uh, no, excuse me, like a week and a half before Christmas. Right. I right. need to know this. Ooh, young kids. Yes. Um, 
you know, it's, it's remind yourself, you are solving somebody's problem. You're actually solving two people's problems. Number one, the person who's trying to your supplier. I love that. I haven't not heard that phrase before talking about somebody who's in a probate or divorce or some sort of situation where they've got to offload something quickly. Um, and then your other problem you're trying to solve is the person who's buying it, right? That flipper or whatnot. Um, and I, <clears throat> I love your answer. I'm not saying you're wrong, but here's how I would, how, here's how I answered it before is because yeah. if, if I'm truly supplying something to my customer, right now you, you can go back and I'm rethinking my whole process here. You can go back and say, what I'm supplying for the seller is a solution to the problem. Right. But the way I look at it is if your, your buyer is you're trying to solve their problem, they need homes to flip. Yeah. And the reason why I say that, that they are my client, not the person who's trying to sell me the house or allow me to wholesale it to, to my buyer, um, is because the way the book is written is if you figure out what your buyers want very specifically, then you, sh and then you go and find that for them, then you should never have a, um, uh, issue having, having those clients. Right? right. And so I posed the question to the, to the wholesaling group in the masterminds, like, look, if you had five flippers, just five flippers, you knew exactly what they wanted. You knew exactly where they wanted it. You knew exactly everything. Why wouldn't you just stick with those five market heavily or do whatever you're doing, marketing, marketing to those specific needs. And then when you get a deal, you already got the buyer lined up and there's this age old question, what comes first, the, the, the deal or the, the buyer, right. Or, or the investor or whatever. And I, I think it's, I think it's the, the buyer. I think you got to find the buyer again. I, I don't have any of that in mind. I'm starting to do some stuff now, but I'm the buyer in the case. So I kind of know, you know, uh, we'll see how this works. I don't know. I'm a month right. into to a campaign. So we'll see, we'll see what happens, but I don't know. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Is, is that an over simplistic way for somebody who's never wholesaled a deal in their life? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think it's, it's actually smart. It's so smart. And only, if, only, but only a few people do it. I mean, very few people do it. I think, yeah. it's, I think yeah. it's the right way to do things. I'll be honest. There's times when I thought, you know what, I've got, let's, you know, let's call it five, five seriously strong buyers that I know buy for me. Anytime I've got a great deal, they're on board and they buy why wouldn't I go back and just heavily market those areas? And and part of me is like, because those, those areas are the most competitive. Marketed. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, everybody's getting 10 mailers a day from them. So yeah. would I rather do that or go to my niche market that I know I can, you know, maybe, maybe they're not getting 10, maybe they're only getting six postcards a day. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was, um, so PropStream is a new uh, affiliate for the W2 Capitalists. I'll probably mention them in the intro, uh, outro. We, we did a demo with them and um, last week. And they, one of the things that I saw they brought up was, you know, where and there's different columns, right? There's different swim lanes for motivation for somebody to get rid of. And usually most people market to that highly motivated, highly motivated person. And then what they were recommending is get ahead of that. So they're not highly motivated yet. They're, they're about to be there, right? Give it a couple of months. They're, they're going to be there, but start marketing to them at that point in time and yeah. where they're, they're, they're facing a pre foreclosure or they've got a lien on the property or something like that. And you start marketing to them then, and and as they progress, you're continuing to touch base with them. Yeah. Um, 
I was like, you know what? I, I think this is genius. I also realized that PropStream makes money off of how many postcards you send in addition <laughs> to the subscription. So after we hung up, I was like, no, wait a minute. Did they just, I mean, what, so like, for example, for you, uh, how many, how many months of mailers that have to go out, um, before you see some sort of, uh, you know, traction on them, right? Yeah. Is it six months? Is it 12 months? I mean, is it a year? What's the, what's the touch point on average for you to, for you to see? Yeah. I mean, you know, you get, uh, you get, obviously the more, the more touches you get, the better response rate you get. Right. Uh, yeah. Are you doing once a month? Or are you, are you sending out mailers once a month? I usually do it once every three weeks. That's my, that's my, so it's not quite once a month. It's a little off schedule. So where everybody that is hitting once a month, they're coming at a certain time. I'm hitting once every three weeks. So they're seeing mine roughly an extra, you know, a couple of times a month or not month, but over a six month period, they're seeing mine an extra couple, maybe two or three times, as opposed to just the six over six months, they might see mine seven, eight, nine times, you know, or whatever, yeah. depending on how it lays out. But um, <clears throat> so I usually do mine every three months. Um, that's if I'm mailing them myself, if I'm mailing them and or another mailing company I use, um, if I'm using them through the competitor of, of uh, PropStream that I use, <laughs> then it's, then it's, uh, then it's uh, once a month uh, through them. But um, who's the, who's yeah. the competitor that you use? Uh, I use RealFlow. I use RealFlow. Okay. Yeah, I've not heard of them, but they're uh, they're big. I mean, that's uh, Fortune Builders uses okay. you know, flow, and um, I mean they're they're big. They're they're really big. Um, but uh, and that's a solid solid platform. Um, but yeah, they're they're mailing platform. You know, and I can do every two weeks or I can do every month. I'm like, man, you're killing me. I need you to make it once every three weeks. That's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I gotta. Uh, by out. the way, I think you can do that with PropStream. Oh, um, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. Probably. <laughs> um, yeah so uh yeah but i mean i um i would say at least five six touches at least before you i mean on standard i think that's that's kind of standard before you start seeing a really uptick actually i was i would just lie to you uh i know like uh prop stream doesn't have the automated feature just yet it okay. was asked about in the in the webinar that we had or the demo that we had for the mastermind members and um it is in development to tie back to their their whole marketing piece and you're going to be able to set it up with some intervals i don't know if it's like i don't know if you can use like every 21 days or every 10 days or or whatever case so for clarity that is not in there just yet but it is <laughs> and we were told that it's coming so we'll see we'll see i'm, I'm really put i'm gonna really push for that once every three weeks feature <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll email i'll email our uh my uh contact over there and say hey just curious yeah, it, right? it really it really was like a, a a real powerful piece of software i'm like i i've and i'm sure real flow does the same thing I, I i just for me it's at this point in time it's the user interface how easy it is how smooth it is how quick is it okay uh, sure. I, nothing bothers me more than anything to see the hourglass is spinning which is not even an hourglass anymore i don't think but anyway just a little circle around. yeah it just keeps yeah. going around and around Right. Maybe the hourglass wasn't uh, politically correct, so we had to change it. Yeah, <laughs> nobody knew what that was. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rich, uh, this has been a great conversation. What I'd like to do now is move over to what I have. It's a segment we call "Off the Wall," where I'm going to ask you three off the wall questions. Yeah. The only unacceptable answer is "I don't know" <laughs> or "I can't answer that." They're mm -hmm. all family friendly. Okay. Uh, the first, first couple of times I did this, 
uh, I, I let the, the folks go. They're like, I, I'm not going to answer that one. That one's weird. <laughs> and I was like, all right, sounds good. <laughs> so of course we've cleaned them up a little bit. All right. So let me get to the questions. Are you ready for this? Sure. Sure. All right. What is one good way? Good way. There's plenty, probably plenty of bad ways. What is good, one good way to grab your attention? Oh man. <clears throat> one good way to grab my attention. Hmm. Man, that's <laughs> <laughs> just in general. Um, say you're at a networking event. Yeah. Say, say, I mean, you've got, you know, I'll pay, I'll give you a scenario. You, you've done 50 deals, right? Right. You've got, uh, your website, your YouTube channel, you do some stuff on Instagram as well. You've got all this stuff going on right. for guys like me and you, when we first started out, uh, probably our only way to get involved was to go to some RIA, right. And go to some yep. local meetup yep. or if, is it still called the Hooties meetup? Yeah. The Hooties you know? house buyers club. Yeah. So, so I don't know how you're getting away from copyright, uh, stuff there, but anyway, good for you. Yeah. Good for you. It's Hooties, um, not Hooters. I didn't know. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I was thinking who's using the blowfish. That those oh. t- those two don't even correlate, do they? No. Um, but let's just say you're in a room full of people, mm-hmm. right? And I know I I need to leave. Uh, I can't leave w- without talking to you. Right. But I'm an introvert. I I I am. I just can't. I, you know how do I muster up? What's what can that person do to uh, to come up in a good way to get yeah. your attention? You know. Um... I mean, honestly, I've never been, I've never been offended by somebody who won't, and you know, even if I'm engaged with somebody else and talking with somebody else, if, if even if, and man, I know it's tough for introverts, but if you walk up and say, excuse me, I'm going to interrupt, but I'd, I'd like to talk to you when you're finished, you know, hmm. and stand to the side and then stand to the side. Um, that I know seems very bold to some people, maybe some people would, okay, whatever. Um, or I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, yeah, I can't say, I don't know. <clears throat> <laughs> Did, did I break up there? My internet break up, but uh, no, but I, yeah, I, I mean, Hey, I don't mean to interrupt, but I need to talk to you when you're finished. Always yeah. works with me. If I'm, if I'm already engaged with somebody else, if I'm not, they just walk up and, and give me a firm handshake. Tell me who you are that I love firm handshakes. And don't give me a dead fish. Something something goes uh, definitely goes far in life. If you have a firm handshake, uh, I think there, there may be something, past the firm handshake that some guys are trying to overcompensate for some other thing, but a good firm handshake. Matter of fact, I was talking to, um, um, well, it was, it was, uh, Ryan Mickler, who's the guy behind order of man. And he was doing something. And I said, man, I, I got to send you a thank you message because I have a young son and whatever I was listening to, he was talking about teaching his son how to shake a hand. And I was like, I, I never even thought like that was a thing. I can't remember, you know, my dad teaching me how to shake a hand. It was just something that you learned. And eventually I'm sure somewhere along the lines, my dad was like, look, son, grab a hold of somebody's hand and squeeze it, you know, and, and really talk. So it's uh, anyway, not to get off on a tangent. Cause I will. All right. Next question. <laughs> this goes perfectly. And by the way, I'm pulling this. These are random. I hit a button and it comes up, but these are similar uh, for networking. So what question should you never ask someone you just met? How much money they make? (laughs) Why, why, why is that such a, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I know. No, I mean, it's, it's, I just think it's offensive. I I didn't, I mean, yeah, I would probably even answer it maybe, but um, I mean, that's in general in, in real estate. um, If I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, just how much money, how much money did you make last year? It's equivalent to asking somebody how many deals you do last year. I mean, it's not that big. I mean, but it's, it's that, it's got that connotation almost of disbelief. It's got that well, tag. Like, yeah. And it's going to, it's going to, you know what you're doing. 
it's going to uh, basically establish, oh, we're about to get in the pissing contest, right? I right. mean, is, is it, yes. and, and there, there is something, you know, I was talking to, um, there is a movement out there in the W2 world where um, people want to expose everybody's salary information. And I'm on the fence about it. I, I think, you know, because the military does this. I mean, you know what rank somebody's at a certain level, right? And sure. it doesn't really cause. And the only reason that I'm for this is because I feel like that um, corporate America uses that to to uh, to their benefit to keep everybody in line, right? Every job you've had, the job you have right now, somewhere along in their HR policy is is a statement that says you will not discuss salary information with your fellow employees. Yep, yep. If you want to talk about that, you should be able to talk about that. The reason that's in there is so that the HR lady doesn't have to work harder. <clears throat> and also so they don't realize that you don't realize that the person next to you who is worse at their job makes twice as much as you, right? And you're going to cause this whole big thing. So there's part of me that wants that to be like a, it doesn't have to be public information, right. but it should be information available to all employees of that organization. Gotcha. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, gotcha. that's the only area. But again, if you have that, then you don't know, you know, if somebody's got a side hustle on, you don't know how much they've made throughout the year. You just know how much they make for this position. So True. Um, anyway, this is about you. Uh, this is yeah. the thing I, I get so tied up in this conversation. No, it's, it's like, cool. I like it. No, I, I do. Okay. Let me learn about you too. Uh, <laughs> no, I just, I just think it's a rude, I think it's probably just a polite thing of bringing yeah. things like you don't ask somebody, especially if you just met them. I mean, yeah. somebody, <laughs> that's true. Somebody, that's true. <laughs> you know, and I've had people like, Hey, I, I've, I've, they've come to my, my zooms or whatever. And it's like, you want to work with me? They're great. Or can I work with you? Yeah, sure. They bring me a deal and we get into it. And I tell, and I spend time talking to them about how I do things. I do things right. I do things by, you know, by the book, I do things legitimately and I don't ever try to be shady or anything like that. And then I've had a couple of people say, well, how many, how many, how did you sell that last year? <laughs> yeah, how, many, how many deals did you do last year? And I, I'm like, that's kind of relative. I mean, it really is because I have a full-time job also. So if yeah. I don't tell you I did 450 you know, deals last year, does that mean I don't know what I'm talking about? When maybe I only had the time to do 35? you know, whatever, you know, whatever it may be. So, so word to the wise, if, if folks are, are talking to rich or whoever, if you're talking to me and you feel like you need to ask that question, then there is a trust issue that you have with that person. And you need to dive in deeper on and get to know that person better uh, before you go there. And 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 if you know somebody well, and and here, and if I don't know you, I'm not going to do a deal with you. That's just something that's worked extremely well for me and has fit my introverted personality, uh, in my risk tolerance. Um, but if you know somebody well enough to do a deal with, then you're going to know it's going to come out, you know, at some point in time in the conversations that you've had, uh, it's going to come out. So yeah, that that's great. Don't even ask. So you gave it, you gave me two answers. How much number, you made, and how many deals do you do last year? Those do, are two do numbers, questions you don't ask somebody at the very beginning. No, Sorry. Do the I'm numbers do the you. numbers really work? If you worked with that person and the deal went through and, and you liked how they did their job and how they carried themselves, doesn't matter if that was the only deal they've ever done in their life. I mean, seriously, does it? Yeah. All right. Question number three. And then we're gonna wrap up. What is the main quality you think makes a great parent? Going deep. 
real deep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my son, I could go deeper. Just, I could say, Hey, what would your kids say about you? That makes you the best parent. Oh man. Hey, Derek. No. <laughs> 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 Want to be on the zoom? <laughs> he said he'd, he'd answer it. He, he, yeah. He's going to answer the question. I'd rather right. that happen than me. This is Derek. This is the one that actually just turned 18. So he's going to be going to college in the fall. Um, nice. This is Mr. Helms. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet so you. Ahead, All right. So I got a question for you. What is the main quality in your dad that makes him a great parent? Um, I mean, he's hardworking. Uh, that's a good so one. That's the example. But he does. Uh, he's very honest, very truthful. Um, I mean, yeah, you you got it right there. He's, he sets the example. He shows you exactly what to do and how to do it. And he's he's pretty good at what he does. Um, awesome. I don't know. He's, he's a good dad. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. I hope, I hope when my son's 18, he'll, he'll give me the same endorsement. And that was incredible. I love that you just brought him on to answer that question. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. He'll, he'll extra money in his allowance this week for sure. <laughs> that was, that was incredibly awesome, Rich. All right, Rich, you, you have done over 50 deals, right? So we're, we're wrapping up. You've done over 50 deals. You've got all this stuff going on in St. Louis. You're on Instagram. You have a YouTube channel. You have a podcast coming out very soon. Yeah. How can folks get in touch with you to, uh, to potentially network, to find a deal, or if they just have questions in general, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, best, best way. I mean, I'm trying to build up, uh, you know, folks to subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, Metro STL Homes, you know, on YouTube. Um, but, uh, you know, you can reach out to me on Facebook, uh, you know, reach out as a friend request on Facebook or follow me on Instagram. Every, almost everything's Metro STL Homes. Um so like Instagram, I think it's at Metro, Metro Steel Homes. Twitter's at Metro Steel Homes. Um, Facebook, I have my my Hootie's House Buyers Club uh, Facebook group. If you want to come check it out, you can even you don't have to jump on the Zoom. You can watch the Zoom from the from the Facebook group. Nice. Um, but uh, but yeah, my my um, my website for um, for sellers actually no for for investors. And I, two different. I've got a disposition website and a, and a seller website, but metrostlhomes.com and you can always put in your information submit it and uh, i get it um and one last one sorry um if you want to sign up for that zoom that i do you can go to uh, stlviplist.com you'll be added to my buyer list as well but you so you'll get an invite to both my uh my zoom meetings and you'll get an invite to uh, or, or any and you'll be added to my buyers list so got it all right i'm going to make links to all that in the show notes uh rich Thank you, sir. Thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for being your son on. That was that was a good uh, uh, spur of the moment thing. That was that was incredible, and I loved his answer. I loved his answer. So I really I really Thanks. do hope that my son turns eighteen, which man, it'll be here before we know it. Yeah. Um, he has the same stuff to say about me. So Thanks. thank you, sir. Uh, I will uh, and I will I will talk to you soon. I appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it, Jay. Thank you for having me. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Mr. Rich Grove. Uh, I owe you a couple of links. Number one, connect with Mark. At the very beginning, I talked about Mark Willis in the bank on yourself concept. To connect with Mark and get your free 15-minute consultation, go to w2capitalist.com forward slash bank. That's w2capitalist.com forward slash B-A-N-K. And for more info in the mastermind, and we've talked about it, you heard me drop that a couple of times in here, check out w2capitalist.com forward slash mastermind. Uh, here's what I recommend as next steps. Number one, connect with Rich. 
uh, especially if you're in the uh, St. Louis area. He is primarily hangs out on Instagram and YouTube. Matter of fact, all of his links are in the show notes. So make sure you check all that out. Second step I recommend for you is to come check us out and get involved and get engaged with the community, the W2 Capitalist community. You can find more information about that at w2capitalist.com forward slash community. Third step, if you have a moment, and step number three, if you haven't done so yet, hit that subscribe button and go back and catch up on all of this amazing content from all of our amazing and special guests throughout the history of the W2 Capitalist podcast. And once you do all three of those things, get out there and earn, invest, repeat.